Hi, my name is Barb Nangle. I'm the founder of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery. This is episode 26, Understanding My Part in Things. I'm going to give some examples in this episode of how I came to see my part in things as a result of my recovery work in the hope that hearing my stories will help you begin to see your part in the drama, chaos, and dysfunction of your life so you can cut that shit out. Of all the gifts I've gotten from my 12-step recovery, and there are many, by far the most important one has been coming to understand my part in things so that I could stop doing that stuff. I had absolutely no idea that I was doing anything to create the dysfunction, the discomfort, the chaos, and the drama of my life. I've learned to call this my part as a result of my recovery. So those of you who are not in recovery, this is just one more piece of lingo that we use. In addition to not understanding my part in things before recovery, I also really didn't quite know how dysfunctional my life was until it wasn't any longer. And that's because on the outside, I looked kind of like I had my shit together. And in some respects, I did. I had a career. I was a homeowner. I volunteered. I paid my bills on time. I was a pretty responsible person. But that is what people saw on the inside. What they didn't see was the internal discontent and unmanageability. That was another matter altogether. But I still really didn't understand the depth of my dysfunction until recovery. And for me, it was really doing step four, which is where we take a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, that I came to understand what my part in things was. And that meant now that I had this list of things that I was doing, I could stop fucking doing them. I know that many people are terrified when it comes to doing step four, and I was too. And that's because when I got to step four, actually before I got to step four, while I was in recovery, I'd learned a couple of things before then that were really serious paradigm shifts for me. When I say paradigm shift, I mean a completely new and different way of looking at things, an entirely new perspective about myself. If you're not familiar with the term paradigm, a good example of a paradigm shift is going from believing that the earth is flat to realizing that it's a sphere. It changes everything. That's a paradigm shift. For me, when I get a new idea, a new perspective, especially about myself or about a situation, it really opens things up for me. Because when I realize that there is at least one new idea besides the idea I have about myself or the circumstances, I become open to the idea that there could be many different interpretations of things. That is, I make things mean something and then I learn, oh, maybe I was wrong in what I made that mean. Maybe they don't actually mean that. Maybe it means something else. Anyway, back to my own paradigm shifts, which I would now call spiritual awakenings as a result of my recovery. But at the time, I thought of them as paradigm shifts. And the first one was that there's something called codependent and that it described my experience in the world. 
That was just mind boggling to me because I'd been in therapy since about age 15. I'd read a gajillion self-help books and no one had ever mentioned that word to me before. I didn't know what it meant. And the second awakening was that I had victim mentality. I was really clear when other people played the victim, but I really didn't know that I did that. And those were just two gigantic, just huge shifts for me. So when I was getting prepared to do step four, I was terrified that I was going to find some other gigantic thing about myself like these two things that I didn't already know. And mind you, I'm a very introspective person. I take every fucking assessment that is possible for humans to take if I can get my hands on it, especially if it's a free version. And I really pay a lot of attention to what's going on for me. So I just like, this was all, you know, news to me. And I didn't want to find some other gigantic thing, like that I was codependent or I had victim mentality. And that actually didn't happen. What happened was that there was no news about myself from doing this inventory. Well, actually there was news, but the news wasn't that there was some brand new information about myself that I didn't know. The news was that there were things I did know, but I didn't know that they were dysfunctional. That was the news. People pleasing is probably the easiest example. I thought I was nice when I was people pleasing, but it turns out that people pleasing is actually manipulative and dishonest. By understanding my part in things, I learned what I needed to stop doing. When I came up with my defects of character list, I could look at the list and go, oh, here are the things I've been doing that have been creating the shit show of my life. And now I know what to stop doing. So I got an enormous amount of relief from doing step four. The reason that I've been prompted to record this particular podcast at this particular moment in time is that I had an experience recently that enabled me to see with crystal clarity how I would have handled the exact same situation in the past. I was just talking to my sponsor tonight about this. And what she said was that when she has those situations, it's like she can look at her own life as an observer. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was observing while I was acting what I would have done in the past. So I could see what my part in things was back then by acting in a really different manner this time, but knowing how I would have handled it in the past. So here's what happened. I was with a person and they were having one of those H-A-L-T moments, you know, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. What I mean by that is a scenario where we are either hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, and we need to take care of ourselves. Typically, excuse me, when we have even one of those things going on, there could be trouble. But if there's two or more, we're usually pretty fucked. We need to take care of ourselves. And it's at those times when we're more likely to act out of our defects of character. In fact, you might say, if I'm H-A-L-T and I don't take care of myself and I act out of my defect of character, my part is not taking care of myself in addition to acting out. Side note here. 
I actually learned about HALT, H-A-L-T, being an acronym for hungry, angry, lonely, tired before recovery from some folks who were in recovery. It didn't occur to me though, until about a year ago, that HALT isn't just an acronym for hungry, angry, lonely, tired. It's a word and it means stop or what we often say in recovery, pause. In other words, if you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, you should halt. You should pause and actually take care of things. If you're hungry, eat. If you're angry, express that anger in a healthy manner. If you're lonely, then reach out to someone. And if you're tired, then you should rest or sleep. So I got all that when I heard H-A-L-T, but somehow I just didn't understand that HALT was actually an instruction, not just an acronym. Back to the story. So I'm with this person who's probably three of the four things, and they started getting really, really annoyed. But I was really clear that I didn't have to do anything, that I was allowed to keep feeling happy, joyous, and free the way that I was feeling. And I didn't have to match my energy to their energy. And I didn't have to fix the situation. I was also really aware that if this had happened pre-recovery, what I would have done. One, I would have felt like I had to feel their feelings. I would have had to feel the same way they did. I wouldn't have been able to continue feeling happy, joyous, and free the way I was when it actually happened. And the way I would have felt when I felt their feelings was shitty. And because I didn't want to feel shitty, I would have felt the need to fix the situation or fix them so that I could stop feeling shitty. And I know me, and that my efforts back then would have included me trying to rationalize with them and explain, well, this is happening because of that, or, well, maybe you could do this, or what if that? And I could also see that what would probably have happened in such a scenario was the person would have been put in a position of being on the defensive because they're feeling the way that they're feeling. And I would have been trying to rationalize with them, which may have come across as either trying to dispute their feelings or the reason for them having their feelings. So I would have created an adversarial relationship with them, which would have created the opposite of what I was looking for instead of peace I would have created conflict. The complete miracle about this recent situation is that I didn't do any of those things. What I did was shut the fuck up. I just kept my mouth shut. I would occasionally go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. But I didn't really say anything because I knew it was none of my business. That person is allowed to feel whatever they're feeling. It had nothing to do with me. They're separate from me and I don't have to fix it. I don't have to fix them. I don't have to feel their feelings, etc. This is just one example of being able to see my part in things. By being able to see what I would have done in the past, I'm able to see my part in things. And I would have made the situation worse rather than better. Another example that I want to talk about in terms of seeing my part in things is something that I also covered in my podcast number 12 on stop gossiping. What I learned from stopping gossiping was to stop dragging the story with me. 
What I mean by dragging the story with me is this. If something shitty happened in the past, what I would do is bitch about it over and over and over again to anybody who would listen to me. And as a result of my efforts to stop gossiping and seeing what a huge difference that made in my life, I realized that if I stop dragging stories with me, whatever they were, I would stop having to relive the shitty moments over and over and over again. I really didn't even realize that that was what I had been doing, obviously, or I probably would not have kept doing it. And I also didn't realize that not doing it was an option. In my world, this is how life worked. Shitty things happen and I complain about them over and over and over again. So by learning to stop dragging the story with me, I learned that my part in a lot of the drama of my life was that I dragged these stories with me. In both of these scenarios I've mentioned, I realize that I would have done things in the past to try to make things better, but actually ended up making them worse. In the first scenario, I was trying to fix people or the situation and would have ended up making things worse rather than better. And in the second scenario, I was complaining about things that happened in an effort to get rid of my feelings of discomfort. But instead, I relived the shitty feelings over and over and over again by telling the story over and over again, which made things worse rather than better. My attempts to achieve a certain outcome which was a noble outcome in both cases, was that I got the opposite of what I was seeking. This reminds me about a friend in one of my programs who happens to be one of my most important 12-step teachers. I've seen him walk people through step four a number of times in workshops, etc. And one of the things he says, which I've never heard anybody else say, is that when we act out of our defects of character because we're trying to get a certain result, we usually end up getting the opposite of that. And the example he uses is, let's say you're trying to create a reputation or uphold a reputation of some kind to get people to think the way you want them to think about you. And so you lie to create a certain impression about yourself. Well, here's the thing. If you lie and people find out about it, what you do is you ruin your reputation. You get the very opposite of the thing you're trying to create. You're trying to get a good reputation and instead you get a bad one as either a liar or an untrustworthy person. So I can see the same thing was true in both of the scenarios I described. In the past, in an attempt to create peace, instead I created adversarial relationships and conflict, or I was trying to relieve myself of shitty feelings I had about something, and instead I made myself and probably everyone around me feel worse. Another lesson I learned in recovery about my part in things has to do with bad things happening to me. I learned that even if something, or excuse me, someone else did something to me, that I was an actual victim of someone else's fucked up behavior, my part in this situation in terms of my recovery and being able to live happy, joyous, and free was that I held on to my resentment against them. It doesn't mean that I did anything to cause the trauma. It doesn't mean I was at fault for the trauma, but it does mean that I need to let go of the resentment. My first sponsor helped me to realize that inability to let things go was one of my defects of character. 
One of the last things about learning my part in things, I will say, is that I heard someone in a 12-step podcast say one time, everyone's driving fine when I'm on time. In other words, when they were running late, they blamed all the other drivers for being in their way and for making them late. They realized in recovery that their part was being late, yet they acted as if it was everyone else's fault. I found this to be really helpful because this was exactly the kind of experience my life was made up of every day before recovery. I blamed everyone else for everything. So learning to understand my part in things and then stopping doing those things has reduced the chaos and the drama in my life probably by about 85% because I've really come to understand my part in things and I've been able to change my ways. I have so much more peace and serenity. So now my part in things looks like this keeping my mouth shut, not trying to fix things all the time, not dragging the story with me, not gossiping, saying, bless them, change me when someone does something annoying. Praying that I be able to show someone the same tolerance, pity, and patience that I would cheerfully grant a sick friend if the person was bugging me and learning to accept the things I cannot change, having the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Now that's a part I'm willing to play. Good day. That's it for today. If you like what you've heard here, then you just might be interested in private coaching with me. If that sounds like you, head on over to my website, which is higherpowercoachingandconsulting.com and click on the contact menu. I'd be happy to schedule a consultation with you to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep lasting changes in my life. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change, but I'll coach anyone who wants to be happy, joyous, and free. So if that's you, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe so you can be sure to get future episodes of my podcast. Thanks again.